What's up, everybody? It's time for the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I help people to quit their jobs by investing in real estate rental properties so they never, ever have to work a job again. Now, today, we're going to be talking all about syndications. Syndication is investing in multifamily, and I have brought my friends on to tell us all about it. These are great investors who've already done 23 syndication deals, that's multifamily deals with other investors, raised a lot of money. You're gonna get so much great information out of this, and all the wisdom that they share is just fantastic. These ladies are great. I'm so glad to have them on the show. All right, everybody, let's jump to the show. We talk all about syndication in multifamily apartments. All right, let's do this. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about all aspects of real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. All right, I am so excited to share with you guys about multifamily syndication. Now, I invest in single family homes. In fact, I coach people to do exactly what I did. I have a step-by-step system that I followed every single time that I was building my business. Every single city that I went to, every single state that I went to, I basically implemented the same exact thing over and over again. And if you are ready to get started investing in real estate rental properties, or even if you just want to see what it's like, what you need to do, what you need to know, I want to give you a free course so you can get started. Text the word rental to 33777 and I will send you my free investing course, my free real estate investing course so you can get started. It'll show you how to find properties, how to get other people to do the work for you, and how to calculate the deals to make sure you're making money every single month. I will absolutely show you everything that you need to know to get started. Text the word rental to 33777. Now, I am super excited to bring on today's guests where we talk with Julie and Annie with Good Egg Investments. They are a fantastic duo making people lots and lots of money. And I'm here to have them show you what it's like to do syndication as well as passive investing through a syndicator. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy the show and let's get into it. All right, everybody, I am super excited to bring my friends on the show, the Master Passive Income Show. So thank you so much for being here. And I am really, really excited to bring on some syndication experts, people that absolutely know everything about syndication from doing your own syndication, but also being a passive investor as well. And so I am bringing on the Good Egg Investment Team, Julie and Annie, they're fantastic. And I'm really excited. So Ladies, thank you so much for being Thanks on the show. So excited to be awesome. So, tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you guys got started, um, either working together or both working together, but then also with syndication. So, Julie and I have a very um, similar story starting out in real estate investing, um, although we didn't meet until uh, about two years ago. And so, I'll start with um, how we each started in real estate investing, which was through house hacking. So, um, I, my husband and I were buying duplexes when we were living in Washington, DC, and Julie was renting out rooms in her home here in the San Francisco Bay area. Um, but I think the crux of it was we were both, um, getting into real estate and being resourceful with, um, our, what we had. 
And um, so along the way, um, I'll speak specifically to my story. So we started doing duplexes um, and then eventually moved to the San Francisco Bay Area and realized that real estate here is quite pricey. (laughs) And so the, the whole duplex thing was going to take a lot longer to scale than we had originally anticipated. And, um, now that we have kids, we have two kids, Julie has, um, three kids, you know, house hacking can be more of a challenge when, um, when you have kids around. Um, and so, um, we started investing out of state and Julie around that same time also started investing out of state. This was before, um, we had met. And then by the time we had met in 2018 and we met at a real estate investing conference, um, we had both sort of done the out-of-state investing. They realized how much work it can be and all the risks that are involved when you're not investing in your local market. Um, and we had both discovered real estate syndications, which are group investments, and this thing called passive investing, where you could put your money into a syndication and not have to deal with all of the hassles of being a landlord. And so that really resonated with us as young moms um, and with growing families. And so we really started the conversation there. And then the partnership eventually came along from that. I would say that the only other thing that I would add is just when I, you know, discovered syndications, um, one of the reasons that I was looking to to do syndication or buying apartment buildings, essentially what we're doing is because of where we are in the market cycle right now, right? So it's not 2009 when I first got into real estate. Um, are we at the top? I don't know. Um, I thought we were at the top three years ago. Uh, but I discovered, you know, after doing a lot of research and trying to figure out what area of real estate I wanted to get into, I discovered that multifamily syndication would be one of the uh, best opportunities to provide the highest amount of return with the lowest amount of risk. And so that's part of the reason why we focus on multifamily syndication is because of that, because we are obviously aware that it's not 2009. Um, and we are trying to position ourselves to be in the best place, um, you know, moving forward. And so that's part of the reason, uh, that I, you know, three years ago discovered multifamily and decided to, to focus on that. But, um, but yeah, no, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. That's great. And are you guys both mm-hmm. in the Bay Area? Yeah. So do you, are you guys close enough to you guys drive and see each other? Oh, yeah. We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that works out. Yeah. So, so now talk us through getting that first syndication or getting that whole multifamily. I mean, was that nerve wracking? What, what went through your minds as well as how did you actually do Yeah. That? So, you know, that really comes from partnerships uh, within the industry. Uh, when I first got into this, I thought I was going to go out and buy an apartment building on my own and that I was going to raise the money, build the broker, um, you know, relationships that you need uh, and, you know, asset manage and basically do everything. And as I researched more about syndication and what it was, I realized that there are actually different pieces of syndication that one could, you know, take on and actually become what they call a co-sponsor on a deal. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, what we did there. And, um, 
you guys partnered pausing that you guys partnered together for this this one so this first one i did on my own um but i did partner with what we call a lead sponsor on a deal and that was uh the best way for me to get in because then i'm leveraging the relationships that they had and also the ability to raise millions of dollars and as a newer syndicator or co-syndicator it was would have been very hard for me to you know basically do my first deal and you know, try to raise $10 million, right? So I was able to come in in a partnership and be a co-sponsor on a deal and bring some equity to the deal and also manage investor relations, educate my investors and that type of thing. Um, but I think, you know, really that started with, you know, showing the co-sponsor that I had an interest and I had a skill set that would be valuable to them in terms of syndicating this deal. And so when you think about, you know, getting into syndication, there's know that there are many different things that you can do uh, to add value to the overall deal and become a part of the general partnership to put a deal together. Because I didn't know that when I got into it. And I thought that I was going to do it all. And I thought that, you know, I, I had to do it all. And I didn't realize that there was this structure where you could be a co-sponsor on a deal and add some kind of value and then become a part of the general partnership and share in the, you know, the, all of the fees and the equity on the back end and all of that good stuff. So, yeah. That's great. Uh, uh, how did you find that first um, the the partner that you're working with? How did you find that? Was it through um, real estate meetups or something? Bigger like that? pockets. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's so very cool. when I was trying to figure out what area of of real estate I wanted to get into, I stumbled across Bigger Pockets and fell into a rabbit hole, as most of us do when we find Bigger Pockets. Um, and I just started reaching out to people, and that's where I had met him was was through there. And we had built a relationship before we partnered together, and I actually had invested in some of his deals as a passive investor first uh, before we talked about a potential partnership. So, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, everybody knows about Bigger Pockets, especially if you're in the real estate uh, business. You definitely know about Bigger Pockets. So, Annie, how about you? Well, um, that first uh, is very similar because I set out, um, I had invested in a coaching program. I was like, I'm going to do my own syndication. How hard could it be? You know, <laughs> I've done, I've done four unit buildings. I could just do a 40 unit. I mean, it's, the principles are pretty much the same. Maybe the numbers have a few more zeros in it, but it should be pretty much the same process. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Um, yes, there are similarities. Um, but there, like Julie was saying, there's a whole lot more moving pieces. The loan is completely different. There's the whole capital raising piece. I thought it would be easy enough just to, you know, bring in some friends and family and, um, have them invest with me. But, you know, there's a whole, you know, the private placement memorandum, which is the legal document that spells out all the risks and how investors are tied to the deal. There's the legal fees associated with with that there's you know there how to structure the returns to the investors there's this whole world that I didn't know about and so I started down that path I really thought I could do it on my own just like Julie and when I similarly met someone who said hey you do you want to be a co-sponsor on a deal and at first I said Heck no, I don't want to raise money for your deal. I have my, I'm going to save my good investors for my own deal. Thank you very much. Um, and they said, they said, okay, I get it. But, you know, 
your investors would still be your investors. It's just you're giving them an opportunity to invest in a deal that they wouldn't otherwise have access to. And I said, huh, well, let me look at the deal. So I looked at the deal and it was way better than the deal I was trying to put together. (laughs) So I was like, okay, scrap my deal and let me just try this whole, you know, raising capital thing. And um, I tried it and I loved it immediately. Um, And I didn't expect it, but I realized that um, raising capital is all about investor relations and investor education, which is I've always been passionate about. Um, And so that experience allowed me to really let go of this idea of having to do it all myself and really to focus on that investor relations piece. That's great. Now, then you guys eventually teamed up together and now you have your investment company. How does that structure work out? Like, um, Julie, what do you do? Annie, what do you do? And how does that play out in day-to-day operations? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the, yeah, so one of the reasons we partnered up was because Julie and I have very complementary skill sets. And so whereas I love creating content, I could create content all day long, blogs, podcasts, videos. Um, Julie loves the, um, she loves the investor relations side of things. She loves answering tough investor questions, right, Julie? Yeah, that's it, right there. And so um, that's really how we've um, how we came together as partners was because you really need those two pieces. You need to educate the investors to let them know what these opportunities are all about. But at the end of the day, education is isn't enough. They have to actually take action. And so that's where Julie helps to coach them through their investing goals and helps them to actually invest in the deals. Um, so those those are the two parts of the partnership. And as far as you know how we've grown the business, it's really through the power of those partnerships. And um, so we have a few very strong partnerships um, with sponsored teams across the country. And um, they're really the boots on the ground. They are in these different markets and they have those broker relationships. They're out there scouting out these potential value add multifamily deals. And then when they find the good deals, then we come in, we help to structure the deal and we help to bring the investors to the table. That's great. Walk me through. If I were wanting to start syndicating a deal, if I because I, I know there are plenty of people out there that say, why would you even start with single family homes? Jump right into multifamily. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying I've, I see that out there. And I personally like single family homes because they're relatively simple mm-hmm. to get into. I mean, really, really simple yeah. to get into. Um, but when you think of multifamily or syndication, there's a lot more moving mm-hmm. pieces, a lot more parts, as you've already explained. So if somebody were to get started, they saw, they had the idea, and they're not thinking where you are, you actually went to, let's start partnering, let's start working with other people, which I think is a great, great way to go in business. The more people that you get into your business that helps you where you're lacking and you know, you're better, you're, you can focus on your skill set. They can focus on there. I think it's a great, great idea. But if somebody says, you know what, I just want to start doing syndication. I want to find a multifamily. I've got plenty of, I got like 15 people that want to give me, you know, $30,000 each. How would they get started? What's the process? What should they I, do? I would say the first thing that you need to do is get a coach get a coach because that's the way I did it. That's the way Annie did it. And 
you know, if you can shortcut the learning curve, because there's so much to learn. Um, and, and you can certainly learn a lot from a lot of free resources out there, but nothing beats having somebody. It's almost like when you get a coach, it's almost like having a partner, a very cheap partner at that, because you pay them that fee, whether it's a monthly ongoing fee or a one-time fee, but you don't have to split your profits as you grow your business. And so when you have someone available to answer all those questions for you and teach you how to do it, you, you're going to take you know all those mistakes that they did and leverage all of that knowledge and information and just shortcut your time and get farther faster. So I would say that's the, the very first thing. Um, mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I would say, you know, once you have that coach in place, um, a lot of, a lot of newer syndicators fall into this trap of, you know, they, they assume that it's going to be like a single family home where you go out and you work with a broker and you find a property, you underwrite it, and then you get it under contract and then easy, right? You just put in your money and you close, except they forget that the money piece is the part that takes the longest because it's about nurturing those investor relationships. Mm -hmm. So we see a lot of newer or newer syndicators um, get a deal under contract. They do all this work. They've built up those, those um, broker relationships. They've found a great deal. Mm -hmm. They've underwritten it and they get it under contract and they say, uh-oh, now I have 60 days to close. I don't have the money to close the deal. And so they scramble around. They try to go to all their friends and family. And some people even try to, you know, sneakily advertise it out there. And you know, and then it's just they they fall into this trap, and then they're not able to close, or they have to give away uh, more of their deal than they had intended. And so, I would say get a coach first for sure for the mindset piece and for the experience piece, and to keep you accountable. And then a great next step is to just start talking to your friends and family. Let them know that this is what you're doing now, and you don't have to have a deal under contract to do that. Mm -hmm. You can let them know that this is what you're up to. And then if you get to that point where they're interested, you can put together a sample deal package where you say, you know what, I don't have a deal right now, but I'm out there pounding the pavement, looking for a deal every day. And when I do have a deal, it's going to look something like this. And you walk them through a sample deal. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, I see how it works. Okay. When you have a deal, I will put X amount of money into it. And so that's what you want to get to is the point where you have this short list of people who are committed and you're like, okay, so now I know I have $500,000 that I'm working with or a million dollars I'm working with. Then when you go into the broker and you look at those properties, then you have way more confidence and a much stronger foundation to stand on. And so you know what deals you can actually realistically get into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So point is focus on, you know, figuring out how you're going to get the money uh, to buy the apartment building before you because of an apartment, a, a deal can fall into your lap. And you can have a deal in, you know, 24 hours and be under contract in 24 hours, you know, but you can't raise not everyone can, some people can, but you can't, most people can't raise $10 million in 24 hours. So that if you focus on that part of it first and really focus on building out that piece of it first, 
you'll be well positioned for when you start talking with brokers, brokers will take you more seriously. You know, you have a website up, you let them know that you've got all these investors lined up and you're ready to go. Um, I, I feel like that's the more important piece of it than actually building those broker relationships, which is what most people do. It's what I did when I thought I was going to go out and buy apartment buildings is like, okay, who are the brokers in this, the market that I want to start investing in? And how do I nurture those relationships? Which it's true, that's important. But I think it's more important to get those investor relationships lined up and ready to go, and then focus on building the broker relationships or find a partner who has broker relationships who can just bring you the deals and then just, you know, give them a percentage of the equity to, you know, be a part of the deal for bringing you the deal. And then you've got the money lined up and you're good to go. I love that idea. So, um, and that's a great, great in, uh, insights. I know if I were to ever say, let's go ahead and buy a 60 unit apartment complex, I'm not going to do it myself. I'm going to get as many people around me as possible. Now, let me give you an example. Let's say I have, I personally have, um, let's say 20 people. Cause honestly, I, with master passive income, with all my investing, I get lots of people saying, Hey, I want to, I want to mm -hmm. invest with you. I want to invest with you. Like, but anyways, if I had, people that wanted to invest mm -hmm. with me. And I didn't really want to um, go out and pan the pavement, I would need to get other people that would do that. So what would be the steps if I can? Uh, can and the next question would be, how do I if I didn't have that, and I had more of a deals, but I needed to build that um, capital and try to get more people involved. So the first part is, I already have investors, how would I find the right people to get that? And who should I find? You know, who should I look for in order to get that ball rolling? Yeah. So, I mean, if you've got investors and you have an interest in bringing equity to deals and, you know, investor relations and all of that, I would look for uh, a sponsor who has some experience already. You don't generally, you don't really want to work with someone who doesn't have experience, but that doesn't mean you can't as well. Um, but if you can find a sponsor who has some experience of doing some deals in a market that you're interested in, see if they'd be interested in partnering with you, you know, it's, and that's really uh, how our relationships start too with some of the sponsors we work with is, is just by knowing what markets they're in and seeing if a potential partnership might be um, a possibility, let them know your position, uh, let them know, you know, set up a website, take a, take a couple of days and throw up a website, show them you're serious. Um, and, uh, you know, start from there and, and see if a partnership, talk about what, how much money you think you could bring to the table. Um, talk about why you love the market they're invested in, why you think a partnership might be good between the two of you and, uh, try that. Yeah. And the, and the best is, you know, if you were in that position where you have the investor relationships, you want to find a sponsor who, like Julie said, has a track record already, but the key is they are looking to expand and scale their portfolio. Mm -hmm. Because if they wanted to just keep doing the deals that they've already done, they probably already have their own investors that they can continue doing those deals with. Mm -hmm. But either you want to find somebody who's who's done deals and has paid out to their investors, but they're at a point where either their investors are tapped out or they're moving from, say, 50 units to they want to now do 100 unit buildings or 200 unit buildings, and they're going to need to bring more capital to the table. So those are those are the key people that you want to try to find. Mm -hmm. 
That's great. Now, let's talk about the capital raising because not, not a lot of people have the, the ability to just go to somebody and say, hey, I need capital because I, I, I want you to invest with me. I have this deal. And they'd say yes. So if somebody's starting out brand new and they want to start raising capital because they know they listen to you, they say, oh, man, Julian Annie said I need to start making sure I have that capital ready and I got to get that, um, that sample pack. I got to get all that stuff ready. If they have that ready, how do they find the right people? Is there just friends and family first and then go from there? What do you guys suggest? Starting with friends and family is always the best first step. And here's why is because raising capital is all about trust. And who trusts you more than your friends and family, right? You already have that social currency with them. So they already trust you. And so now you're just bringing them into this new world. And so Definitely start with friends and family. And then as you're getting them into deals and you're paying them their returns, they're going to be pretty happy. They're going to start to refer you to their friends and family. And so it sort of snowballs from there. So that's that's what I would say is the best place to start is friends and family. Julie, yeah, what do you think? totally the same. I think that's that's where I started. Um, I think also if you can add some value uh, to other relationships outside of your immediate network of friends and family, uh, that can be a great way too. I mean, that's how I got started was adding value within Facebook groups and uh, meetups and things like that, and is just you know popping into these groups and finding ways to speak to the people that are in those groups in a way that where you're sharing information and sharing your knowledge. And then people start to see you as the expert. Um, and then your Facebook messenger inbox will start to implode on itself because so many people will reach out to you and ask you, Hey, you know, I saw you post about this strategy or, you know, this topic, and I want to learn more about it can we set up a time to talk? And next thing you know, you're talking to them and they say, well, okay, well, this sounds really interesting. Let me know the next time you have an opportunity, I'd be interested to take a look. And, you know, I think knowing that it's not a quick and dirty relationship or transaction and really understanding that, you know, you've got to find a way to build a relationship with people. Um, and, you know, there's various ways to do that. Um, you know, part, some of the ways we do it is by getting on podcasts and, you know, giving people the opportunity to get to know us, um, blogging, creating video content, you know, like I said, getting in the Facebook group so that people start to know who you are and the type of value you bring to the table. Um, but I would say that's another good way um, in the early days when you're just starting out, when you don't already have a following to, um, you know, find investors. I think those are great ideas. And um, Annie, you hit the nail on the head. It, what it comes down to is really mm -hmm. is trust. And if you, somebody doesn't trust you, they're not going to give their money to you. And if they don't know you, they're not going to trust you. Now, an investor, somebody that just wants to put their money into an investment and get a return, the first thing that they're worried about, in my opinion, the first thing they're worried about is not losing their money. That's the very, very first thing. They don't want to lose their money. The second thing is they're worried about getting a return, making sure that it comes back with interest. And you need to make sure that you have that ability to share and help that, just like you know how to um, nurture the relationships, mm -hmm. Julie, where you nurture those relationships and you help them to understand the whole entire process because there's so many moving parts when it comes mm -hmm. to multifamily. Now, when you're thinking about um, actually investing in, let's say, hey, Julie and Annie, you guys are doing this right now. I am just am just a passive investor. I want to invest and I would work with you. How would you guys talk with a new passive investor that just has a little bit of extra money says, you know what, I'd like to invest. What, how, walk me through that process to help me to understand how I should or how and why I should invest mm -hmm. with you guys. Yeah. Annie, you want to take that? 
Um, sure, I'll start. And then I know you talk about this all day long. So I'll let you fill in any gaps um, that I have. Um, but yeah, the first the first step, um, if you want to become a passive investor is to really just take the time to educate yourself. I know that um, passive investors tend to want to be passive, right? They just want to put their money somewhere and just not have to think about it and just get the returns. But it is going to be so worth it to take some time up front to really educate yourself so you understand the risks going in so that once you have your money locked in and it's going to be locked in for, you know, three to five years, maybe more, that you're not always constantly thinking, oh my gosh, am I going to get the return? Am I losing my money? What's going on? You understand the process, you understand what's going on and you know what to expect. So taking the time to educate yourself is the first step. And we have tons of resources on our website and free course and um, coaching program as well to help anyone who's interested. And then after that, you know, after you get yourself to a point where you're like, okay, I understand the process. I understand the lingo. Now then it's about finding the right team, the right people Mm -hmm. to invest with because Anybody can make a deal look great on paper and they will try. They're going to send you these shiny investment summary decks with all these beautiful photos and these really nice charts and figures. And that's great. That'll give you sort of a top line insight into the deal. But as we always tell our investors, it's not so much about the deal as it is about the people who are going to be running that deal. And so it's really important to then take the time to really vet those potential sponsors that you're going to be investing with, uh, because they are going to be the stewards of your hard-earned money. So you want to make sure that if and when something doesn't go according to plan, and there's always something that doesn't go according to plan, that they are going to do right by you and your money. So educate yourself and find um, the right team to invest with. Julie, what would you add? Yeah, I mean, I think you also just want to make sure that, um, you know, like Annie was saying, that you're taking the time to get to know the team, but um, because I feel like take the time to get to know us. So if you wanted to invest with us, take the time to get to know us. And that's what we always say is, you know, get to know us, spend some time on our website, watch our videos, listen to our podcasts that we've been on, because that's the only way that you're really going to get to know somebody is to, to, to read their material or watch their, their videos and things like that. And that's such an important, um, important piece of it. Um, but I think one of the things, you know, the values that we really bring to the table, like Annie was saying, you have to vet those sponsors, right? You got to vet the teams. And so, So that's really the value that Good Egg Investments brings to the table is that we are doing that work on behalf of our investors. So we have built those relationships with these sponsors. And just to be clear, we only have maybe three uh, operators that we work very close with on an ongoing basis. And so our vetting process is very strict. Um, We don't, we obviously get opportunities all the time to partner on various deals, sizes and markets and asset classes and all of that good stuff. But we are very, very particular about everything that we do. And so I would say that that's another huge value add of working with us is that we're really taking the time to do that vetting on behalf of our investors to make sure that we're working with the best of the best in the best markets that we possibly can be investing in. And then we're cherry picking those deals. So 
just because those three operators that we're working with have a deal doesn't mean that we're always going to do that deal. If it doesn't sort of pass our sniff test and, you know, all of our internal underwriting that we do, then we'll, you know, we can pass on the deal. Uh, and so that's, that's one of the values I think of, of working with us is that's, that's the job we really do on behalf of our investors. So, you know, that when you're doing a deal with good egg investments and we've done 23 to date that you, you know, you're going to get into a really good deal because we have an amazing track record. Um, and that's something that will be kind of changing next year in terms of the structures will be moving to a fund structure so that investors can take the benefits of all of these deals that we do on a regular basis, um, but diversify the risk across a number of different deals. So instead of investing in one deal, they'll just invest into a fund, which is pretty much the same portfolio of deals we've always done in the same markets, except now they can invest into a fund of ours and diversify that and spread that risk instead of, you know, having a hundred thousand tied up into one deal in particular. But yeah. So what would the minimum be that you guys would require of somebody that would be bringing capital to any um, investment with you guys? 50,000 is the general minimum. So if somebody were to come with $50,000, I know the deals vary and everything, but it's going to be changing with the new fund that you're going to be creating. What could somebody like walk me through? What could I, if I had $50,000 and I want to give mm -hmm. it to you, what could I expect? And you know, what kind of risks should I be looking at and all that? You just take that 50,000, you write a check, make it out to Annie Dickerson. <laughs> take care of you. <laughs> Okay. Um, so if you had 50, actually the numbers are easier on a hundred thousand. It's a nice round number. 50,000 is our minimum, but I'll use a hundred thousand as the example. So if you were to invest a hundred thousand dollars today, you should expect to have that money in the deal for, um, five years. That's our typical, um, investment period. We're doing, um, value add during that time, which means we're renovating all of the units in the property. So that takes two to three years, and then we're looking for a good time to sell. So typically, we aim for about a five-year time horizon. And during that five years, um, you are getting monthly um, cash flow distributions. And so to the tune of about 8% per year, or about $8,000 on your $100,000, which comes out to about $667 per month. And so you're getting about $8,000 per year, every year for the five years. And then at the end, when we sell, you can expect another about 50, 60% of your original $100,000 on top of your original capital. So in year five, you get your $100,000 back. Then you get another, let's say, $60,000 on top of that. So when you count that $60,000 plus the $8,000 per year for five years or $40,000, then you can expect to roughly double your money within that five years. That sounds great. What are the risks? There are no risks. It's it. It's guaranteed. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's guaranteed. I mean, I, I think it. part of the risks as we as Annie was talking about earlier is working with the wrong team, you know. Um it's all great when things are going fine, but when things are not going good is telling of how the investment is going to end up at the end of the day. Um so I would say that, you know, being able to identify the right group to partner with is probably one of the biggest risks you'll you'll have in these types of deals. Um, because if you partner with the wrong group, like Annie was saying, you know, the deal can look great on paper, 
but wrong team. And that deal can go south really, really quickly. Um, because the biggest risk in the deals that we're doing is really the execution. So if we're doing, so we're not doing like a buy and hold, if that was the case, then this would be a different conversation, right? But because we're doing these value add deals, the execution of the renovations that we're doing. So anybody who does flipping or anything like that will know that budgeting and then, you know, your expenses for the construction and then also staying within a certain time frame to complete those renovations is like everything. Because if, if, if you underestimate on the budget in terms of cost, you, you're going to throw the whole business plan out of whack. And then similarly, you know, if your holding time goes beyond the time that you thought, then it's going to start to hit your returns, right? And so, um, you know, the execution and being able to take a business plan and see it through to fruition is is big. It's a big part of, of the risk because if you're not able to do that, then everything in the business plan can go down the drain. Um, so, you know, there's that. Um, I think investing in markets that don't have a lot of growth, whether that's job growth or population growth, can be a little bit risky at this point in the market cycle. Um, you know, it's not to say that that's that any market that doesn't have that won't do well. Um, but one of the reasons that we focus on these markets that have a lot of job growth and population growth is to mitigate any kind of risk. Because again, we know we're not in 2009. Are we at the top? Who knows, right? But in an effort to mitigate that risk of occupancy dipping in time in the times of recession, um, you know, we're investing in these areas where there's a lot of job growth. Uh, interestingly enough, a lot of the operators who have been doing this like pre-recession, pre-2009, they actually said that in the recessionary times, apartment building owners, they had no problem with occupancy because people couldn't afford to buy homes anymore and they couldn't afford to rent homes because oftentimes the cost to rent a home would be more expensive than renting an apartment built apartment, you know? Um, and so their occupancy actually went up. So again, like, you know, we're never in what we do, we're never looking to eliminate the risk because if you eliminate the risk, you're going to eliminate 20% annualized returns, right? So everything that we do is how do we mitigate our risk? How do we make sure that the risks that are present, you know, that are present in these deals, how do we mitigate or decrease the potential risk exposure there? And so, you know, investing in what we call B-class assets or workforce housing, focusing on the value add piece of it, um, and investing in these markets with a lot of job growth and population growth are ways that we look to mitigate that, that risk. That's mm -hmm. great. I love it. And you guys have already, how many deals have you done already? You said mm -hmm. 23, man. That that sounds like a lot to me. That, that sounds that sounds terrific. So this new fund that's coming up, how soon would that be in the works where you can actually be, people can actually start investing? So in that? we anticipate it's going to launch sometime in January or February of 2020. That's fantastic. Well, you guys have given us so much information. Is there anything that we might have missed that we need to know? Um, I would say the the one thing is um, we mentioned the the value of a coach. And if anyone, you, your listeners all know that Dustin Heiner is the coach to get if you, especially if you're getting into single family homes, there is no better coach than Dustin Heiner and Master Passive Income. He's the best. Um, if you are looking to get into syndication, um, we do have some resources to help you. So feel free to reach out. That's great. So 
I, so tell us how we, they can find you. I know you guys are, you have a podcast and you have your site and you're also, you have something you want to give them for free. So tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. We got lots of stuff, lots of stuff. <laughs> so the best place to find out about us is at our website, goodegginvestments.com. To find out about our coaching program specifically for um, syndicators, um, you can go to the realestateaccelerator.com. That's our program, the Real Estate Accelerator. And um, on our on our Good Egg Investments site, you'll there are two things that you can get for free. One is a um, seven day if you're new to passive investing and you think you might want to become a passive real estate investor, we have a free seven day email course. One email a day for seven days, just giving you all the basics about what passive real estate investing is all about. And um, the other thing that we just got in and we were showing Dustin before we started recording was our new book. It's called Investing for Good. We also have a podcast launching in the new year, also called Investing for Good, of which Dustin is one of our featured guests. Um, and so you can go to goodegginvestments.com slash book to get a free copy of the book as well. Just pay shipping and handling. That's awesome. You give us so much great information, so much great wisdom. Ladies, you're fantastic. I really, I really appreciate you guys being on the show. So thank, thank you very you much. Thank you so much for having us. Now, wasn't that fantastic? Now, these ladies have already done 23 deals with other investors. They absolutely know how to do it. I want you to go out there and get that free stuff that they have for you. Get that free book too. That is super awesome getting their free book, The Good Investments. Awesome, awesome way to get started. And you guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for being here with me. Again, go out and grab your free course. Text the word rental to 33777 and get started investing. All right, guys, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much. I will see you next week. See ya. See ya.